Good morning, everybody. I am so blessed to be here. I am honored to be here with you all today. How are we doing? Good? I just want to say thank you, Pastor Keith and Julie, for just the invitation to share God's word today and for everything that you do in this community and in this church. Um, Thank you. Aren't they awesome? Let's give them a round of applause real quick. They are the real deal. They're the real deal. Um, You know, I am currently on staff at Transformation Church. I have the honor and the, the blessing to work alongside of Pastor Jim Balzano and what he's doing there at Transformation Church. I am serving as the family life pastor, so my role is focusing on the families, and then also I get to work with the children as well, and it's a season of my life that I'm enjoying. I'm learning, and I'm growing, and I'm so thankful that God is taking me on this journey. Who else is thankful for the journey that God has them on right now? Because we learn and we grow each and every day, right, as we continue to follow what he wants us to do. And, um, and I also, like Pastor Keith just said, I am the leader of the Daughters Conference. I just want to thank specifically this church for all your prayer and support in that ministry. I couldn't do it without the support and your prayers here. So from my heart to yours, I just want to say thank you for um, praying and supporting and being a part of that. And I um, just want to say I love you, Micah. We'll are going to be married for, I think, 12 years in October. Goes fast. Goes fast. So, but <laughs> the best 12 years of my life. So, and um, I am just, I'm excited for this word that God's given me today. And so I just want to just pray real quick before we begin. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, may your word go forth and touch the hearts and lives in this place. And even those who are watching online today, God, Lord, may your word pierce with truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so I want everyone to turn to their neighbor. If you don't have a neighbor, find someone in front of you or behind you and ask them this question. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Probably looking at you like, I'm at church. Why are you asking me that question? I'm, I'm here because the same, same reason you're here, right? What are you doing here? Now, what do you think when I say the word listen? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? I don't want to see any nudging going on, okay? Listen, I tell you that all the time. What do you think? Let's talk about the definition of listen real quick before we go on. So listening means to give one's attention to a sound, to take notice of an act of what someone's saying or responding to advice or request. But I love this. Make an effort to hear something, be alert, and ready to hear. Now lean over and tell your neighbor, listen, you're in church. (laughs) Listen, we are ready to listen today. And I heard this quote, and I just, I love it. It says, courage is what it takes to stand up and speak, but it also takes courage to sit down and listen. Doesn't it? So it takes courage, what you're doing here today, when you're sitting and you're listening, that's courage. Did you know that there are different types of listening? There are two fundamental ones that we're going to talk about, and then I'm going to touch on a few. But 
there are two types of listening. There's discriminative listening and comprehensive listening. Discriminative listening is at first developed at a very young age, perhaps even before birth in the womb. It is the most basic form of listening, and it does not involve understanding of the meaning of the words or phrases, but merely the different sounds that are produced. Think of a baby, right? Think that when you talk to it, it doesn't understand really what you're saying, but it knows the voice. It can hear sound. It kind of pays attention because it hears something. Or think of this, when you're at an airport and you land in a foreign country and you don't understand the language and all you hear is, right? You don't understand what they're saying. You're just hearing sounds, right? You're hearing voices. That's what discriminative, you can figure out that there's something being said, but you don't quite understand what is being said. Has anyone been to a foreign language? I mean, foreign country? and heard a foreign language, right? So you know what that means when I say discriminative. You know that there's something being said, but you don't understand it. And that's oftentimes how a young child would begin to learn and listen. Then there's comprehensive listening. And this involves understanding the message or messages that are being communicated communicated. Like discriminative listening and comprehensive listening, these are the two fundamental listening subtypes. But what can be tricky about comprehensive listening is we can both be in the same meeting or we can be in the same service, but we understand things differently. Okay, So we comprehend things differently. So that is comprehensive listening. There are other types. Okay, So there's informational listening, to listen and to learn. Critical listening, listen to evaluate. There's therapeutic and empathetic listening, listening to understand one's feeling and emotion, appreciative listening, rapport listening, and selective listening. Now, if you're like me, you're going through all the people that you know fits those categories. She's really empathetic when I talk to her, right? Or he's really understanding. Or when I'm, when I'm talking, he's just gathering all this information. I can tell that they are really listening to me. Are you like me? Did you like pinpoint people for every type of listening I just listed? Because I'm, I don't know. I'm like that. If I could add two more to that list, this is what I would add. Rushed listening or patient listening. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and they're listening to you, but they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. But, but you know what I wanted to do was I needed to go there and you just totally feel dismissed, right? They're totally rushing that whole process and you're like, are you even listening to me? Because they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And they chime in what they want to say without you finishing what you wanted to say. It was rushed. Has anyone been in conversations like that? Or I'm the only one in this room that has experienced something like that, right? There is a rushing in that. Like someone, you know, I was like talking to, I did not feel heard because I just felt the whole conversation was rushed because they wanted to get to what they wanted to say. Then there is patient listening. And patient listening is more of like a relaxed atmosphere where you're talking and the person you're talking to just seems like they're just not in a rush to be anywhere, 
right? They are sitting and they're listening to you and you just feel that they are just tuning in and it is not rushed. It is you have all the time in the world and you feel comfortable and safe because they are being patient with you. Has anyone been in conversations like that before? Right? It feels good doesn't it? feels good when you feel like someone has taken the time to listen to you, right? There's a quote that says, the biggest communication problem is that we do not listen to understand, we listen to respond, right? You could be talking to somebody and processing what they're saying, but also thinking about how you're going to respond at the same time, right? So that is a huge communication problem that we could have. But my question to you today is if you had to pick between rushed listening and patient listening, which one would you pick when it comes to your prayer life and your time with Jesus? If you could just do a self-evaluation right now and say, you know, when I'm spending time with Jesus or when I'm praying, am I in the rushed listening category or, I'm, or am I in the patient listening category? Where are you? Where are you? Are we doing all of the talking when we spend time with Jesus Or are we patiently listening and waiting for what he wants to say to us? Where are we? Are we patient? Because guess what? There is something the Lord wants to reveal to us when we are in the secret place. There is something that God wants to give to us when we are spending time with him. Keys. He wants to give you keys in that time, but he can't give them to you if you're not listening. Right? If we aren't open and saying, Lord, I'm going to be patient in this time right now and receive what you have for me. I'm going to receive the wisdom that you want to give to me. I want to receive the insight and direction. I need to be quiet so that he can deposit and give me what I need for this season that I am in. The authority, the purpose, the insight, right? Direction. Direction is huge in this life. If we don't have direction, where are we going? So in this time with the Lord, he wants us to sit in a posture and a skill set of patient listening because he has something to give you. He has something to speak to you, and he has something for you that you can only get when you're one-on-one with him. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 5, where Jesus He, we see that in the life of Jesus, he constantly makes time to get away and spend time with his father, doesn't he? He will withdraw from the crowds. He will withdraw from his disciples and he will go and spend intentional time with Jesus. And so in this story here in Luke chapter 5, verse 12 and 16, we see that Jesus is traveling through towns and there is a leper He comes to Jesus and he said, Lord, are you willing to heal me? Are you willing to heal me? And Jesus says, I am willing. I am willing. Receive your healing. Be clean. So Jesus touches the leper and he is healed. But he says this. He says, okay, but don't tell anyone what just happened. (laughs) Don't tell anyone that you, that who, who I am, and that you were 
healed, right? Because he knew that there was going to be probably a ton of crowds coming wanting, you know, to find Jesus. And so he was like, it's not the right time yet. Don't tell anyone. But Jesus then said, go, show yourself to the priest so that he can say, you are clean. You can continue to live and go on with your life. And so we see that after that, news started spreading more and more so that the crowds, they began to want to know and also experience the healing from their sickness. But we see here at the very end that Jesus, it says, but he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus didn't plan his prayer life based on his schedule. He didn't plan it out and say, oh, this is a, this hour I don't have anything going on, so I'm going to go, and now I'm going to go pray. He didn't do that. He withdrew. He withdrew regardless of the busyness and the things, the, the things that were happening around him. He was intentional, was like, you know what? I need time with my father. He understood and desired the presence of his father, and he made it about the father's business. So he was doing ministry, right? And ministry can oftentimes create a lot of to-dos, but he knew that if he didn't withdraw, if he didn't spend that quiet time, that alone time with Jesus, he would not be able to fulfill what God was calling him to do, right? Because he was about the Father's business. He didn't want to do anything that the Lord did not say to do. So the secret place, right? The secret place is an undistracted place, Jesus withdrew. Why? Because he knew he needed to be alone so he couldn't be distracted, right? He had to withdraw and to be alone so that there was no distractions. But let me tell you this, the secret place is so special. You know why? Because it's the place that you grow, spiritually. It's the place where you are one-on-one with Jesus and you get to experience this sacred place, this almost like I could say a secret pause in your life and you are able to grow and learn and hear what the Spirit of God is saying. You are able to have that special one-on-one time, that intentional time that Jesus, he's saying, you know, I am willing like he told the, the leper, does Jesus even want to spend time with me? Yes, he does. And he's willing. Will you meet him there? So as sons and daughters all across this room, did you know that you are anointed and you are appointed to do things at an appointed time? God has your journey, right? Will you go with him? Will you hear from him? Will you, as an anointed son and daughter, follow him to do appointed things at an appointed time? That's what he desires for all of us to do. Because guess what? When you are anointed by God, you have an assignment for God. And that assignment you receive in that quiet place. You receive it when you spend time with Jesus. You are created And you are anointed to deliver a message of hope. This book right here is the message of hope that all of us 
can share with this world. But it's not also the, just a book, right? We know that this book is instructions. It is a blueprint of how we can bring down the culture of heaven, right? And how we can carry it in our hands and be the kingdom of light when we are on this earth. This book is the message that we are all anointed to share and to preach and to guide us, right? We are created to speak truth and to carry a message of hope, healing, freedom, because God's provision He talks about how he takes care of us in the word, and we get to share that. But let's not mistake that there is also a kingdom of darkness that has appointed itself to destroy the kingdom of light. We were appointed by God, but the the kingdom of darkness, they have appointed themselves to be on a mission to say, you know, we're going to try to take out every person that represents the kingdom of, of light. So church... In Ephesians 6, 12, it is talking about the kingdom of darkness, right? Because it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the, de- of the evil in the heavenly realms. We cannot afford and risk not spending time with Jesus We cannot afford or risk not spending time in the quiet place. Because when we hear from God, he's going to give us direction. He's going to give us the keys like we talked about. He's going to give us the revelation we need to do the very thing that he's called us to do, to do the anointed, appointed thing that he's already put on your life. Now, we're going to talk about Elijah here. So if you have your Bibles, open it up to 1 Kings chapter 19 through 9 through 16. We're going to talk. I'm going to summarize the first part of this story. Elijah, anointed by God, right? Prophet. He finds himself running from Jezebel. Jezebel has put a threat out on his life, and she says, Elijah, I am going to kill you, just like I killed all the other prophets. So what does Elijah do? Probably like any one of us would do. He runs. He runs because he's like, I am the last one left. Jezebel is after me, and I don't know what to do. I'm, she's going to kill me. So he goes through Beersheba, the town of in Judea, and he leaves his servant there, and he continues on a journey because he's like, I got to get out of here. Jezebel is after me, and I need to just get away and try to figure out where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. So he goes on this journey, and through the scripture, we see that the journey he takes He is in despair. He is at the lowest point of his life. He is depressed. He thinks his life is over. He doesn't know if he's going to be killed or not, but he prays. He's like, Lord, just take me now. Just kill me now. Jezebel's after me. She's probably going to find me. I'm the last of your servant, but God's not finished with Elijah yet in this story. And so it goes on to say that, 
an angel takes care of Elijah when he's on this journey. And he, they provide food for him. They provide water. And he then goes for 40 days and 40 nights in search and in pursuit of the mountain of Horeb. Now, the mountain of Horeb is the same mountain that Moses was on right? This was the same mountain. So he was headed there. And when he got there, he slept in a cave and he waited. This was his quiet place. This was his safe place. This is where God wanted to meet with him. So he made it to the cave. Now it goes on in verse 9 through 16, which we're going to read here together. The Lord appears to Elijah. It says this, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Didn't we just ask that question earlier? What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. Am I the only one left? And now they were trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then the voice said to him again, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty, and the Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And the Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel king of, over Aram. Also anoint Jesu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Saphat, from Abel to succeed you as prophet. So why does God speak in a whisper? Why do you think he did that? Why do you think God chose to show up in that way, in that moment to speak to Elijah? Divine silence, listen, divine silence does not mean divine absence. God came, right? And he spoke in a whisper to show Elijah that he isn't subject to the earthquake, to the thunder, to the fire, that God speaks in different ways. He speaks. He is God. He can speak however he wants. And he was revealing something to Elijah in this story because Elijah needed a counselor. In that moment, God didn't ask that question because he didn't already know the answer. He asks questions because it's for us to process. 
and to talk through. Elijah needed to process and talk through his despair. Elijah needed to talk to someone with a soft voice to say, God, here I am. I'm going to die. I'm in the depths of despair right now. And God shows up in a whisper and gives him direction and says, go. That's what he needed. Elijah needed an encounter with the Holy Spirit, with God, right? He needed that encounter. In Job, we see that God communicated through a whirlwind, right? Throughout scripture, we see that God communicated through the earthquake, through fire, through thunder. And the word says that even his voice is like thunder and lightning. But God speaks in a whisper. God speaks in a whisper. The difference between speaking in the thunder and the, and the whisper in this passage is the dispensations of the, the law, right, and God's grace. Listen, people got swallowed up in a earthquake for complaining back in those days, okay? You complain, the earth down, okay? We have it pretty good. <laughs> we, you know, you, you could, like, fall down and die if you lied. There was a story in the Bible where this woman and her husband was not honest with what they did dead. (laughs) So God showed up because there was the law, right? God was like, I need you guys to do the right thing. But if you don't, there's going to be an open earth ready for you. We have it pretty good, don't we? But we have God's grace. And that's what the whisper represents. The whisper is God's grace. It's the gospel, right? That's what the gospel is. The gospel offers us, it's the gentle voice, it's the voice of love, of grace, of mercy and peace. It's the free gift of salvation. And God speaks most clearly in his word, doesn't he? He speaks most clearly in his word today. So as we read it, as we spend time with him, we get to hear his voice each and every time we open up this Bible. It will never be more clear than what it is right here. He is still speaking, and he is still willing if we spend time with him. Now, here's my, you know, theory on why God spoke to Elijah in a whisper. Because a whisper, it's intimate, isn't it? When I whisper, you have to really tune in to what I'm saying. Or if you are in a conversation and you don't want anyone else to hear for the sake of privacy, you whisper, right? If you look up the definition of whisper, it's using your breath without vocal cords. You're just breathing, right? You're breathing what you want to say. And in that moment, I believe that as God whispered to Elijah, there was a breath that came out and revived Elijah, right? It gave him strength, that time with God when his presence came by. It rejuvenated and gave him purpose once again to go out and do the last assignment that God had for him. That breath, that whisper 
can only be found when we are in God's presence. There is nothing more powerful than that small voice in that moment. And there is nothing more powerful than that small, sweet voice that God speaks to us, right? It is so still, it is so small sometimes, but it's the most powerful because it can direct us, it can give us clarity, it can give us understanding that says, you know, this might be my season right now, but God, I'm going to spend time with you and you're going to revive me and strengthen me for the assignment that you have for me. What if this, what if during the most craziest time in your life, in, in the battle, when you don't know what to do, God has your assignment in play for, for you. What if in the most craziest season of your life, you spend time with God and you don't know what you're going to do, God gives you an assignment for you to do and it causes you to rise up once again and you continue because of that presence, because of God's voice in your life. You're able to take your shift off of yourself, off of you, your circumstance and you shift your eyes toward Jesus and it guides you, right? God knew that Elijah needed to take his eyes off of himself. God knew that Elijah needed a recheck. No, you are anointed, Elijah. You have a purpose. You have a calling. Let me remind you of who you are. I am your God, and I'm going to carry you through. Let me breathe on you so that you can continue to do this very last thing that I have called you to do. We need to take sometimes our eyes off of what's happening around us, don't we? And we need to spend time with Jesus so that we can refix our eyes on him so he can clearly direct us and fill us once again with the purpose that he's already placed on us. So I believe that God wanted to see if Elijah would listen. Because when the whisper came, you have to think in that moment, the fire came, the wind came, the thunder came. Oh, is God in that? Is God in that? Because he's, he has been by history in those things, right? But he came in a whisper. I think God was trying to see, is Elijah going to listen? Is Elijah really here to listen to what I have to say? Are you really here today to listen to what God wants to say and do in your life? Are you here to listen? I believe God sometimes puts us in, in seasons or places to then say, are you going to do what I've called you to do? But also, are you going to listen when I speak? Because his voice sometimes is not in the thunder or the fire. It's in that gentle whisper, and it's in the word of God. It's in the word of God when we read it. It says this in Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. What does that look like in our own life? When we are praying, when we are seeking God, or when we are just going about our day, are we taking moments to be still? Are we taking moments to be still and say, God, you are God? Help me to listen to your voice today. Are we being still because there is something about the knowing and the understanding and the tuning in that is 
appoint, that God has appointed for us to do so that we can do what he's already placed on our life to do. So Jesus, I believe he's calling us in this season to the secret place. He is calling his church to press in and to be in the secret place because we need the secret place for what is here and what is coming. If we are not spending time in his presence, how in the world are we going to be able to wake up each and every day and face the things that we are going to face? The secret place is are where the keys are found. The secret place is where his presence is. The secret place is the place that is safe, is the place that is undistracted. It's the place that we grow. But are we doing the talking in the secret place or are we doing the patient listening in that time? We need the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives, don't we? We need the voice and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I opened up by asking a question, and you also asked the question to the person next to you, behind you, in front of you. What are you doing here? This isn't a question because God doesn't know the answer. It's a question for you to process. God, I had a horrible week last week, or this has just been a really tough season. And you process that with the Lord. And out of that time, God's going to begin to stir in you and speak to you, breathe on you, so that you can walk out of this secret place a different person, a stronger person, a person whose eyes are fixed on Jesus. Are you listening to his voice and what are you doing about it? I believe some of you in this place have your assignment, but you've not taken the steps of faith toward it. What can you do today to press in and ask God what those steps are and to help you do it? Some of you, are in fear and despair like Elijah was in our story today. And you need to get in the presence. That's why you love coming here, right? Because of the presence of God fills you and you walk out of here strengthened, but you can get that every day. You can get that every day if you make time, intentional time with Jesus. Some of you are in this room today and you have your assignment and you're walking out in faith and you are an example for those around you to do the same. And God's with you. I just want to encourage you as you're walking out this plan that God has for you, I just want to encourage you, keep pressing on. Keep in tune with the Spirit. And allow him to continue to guide you. Maybe some of you are waiting on your next steps. And you are praying about it right now. On what to do. And some of you just need to get into prayer about it. Because you don't know. You don't know what God has for you. But each and every one of you, you're anointed. You are anointed by God. None of us 
are better than the other person. None of us are more qualified. None of us have a special role because we all have a purpose. We all have a calling that God wants to do in and through us, but we just have to receive it. So I just want to close out this morning by just standing. If you could stand with me and just receive, if you could put your hands out like this. I just want to pray. And wherever you're at today, if you've said, you know what, God, I've kind of been in, in the rush listening when I'm with you, when I pray. And God, I just pray, help me. Help me to be a patient listener. Maybe you're here and, and you don't know. And, and you're like in despair and you're like, God, I, I don't know where to go. I'm running. I'm, I'm not sure What's going to happen? I need you. I need the Holy Spirit to speak and to guide me. I just want everyone right now, take a personal time, take a couple seconds, and I want you to pray. What are you doing here? Talk about it with God. What are you doing here and what are you going to do about it? Receive from the Holy Spirit. He wants to speak to you. He wants to remind you that you're a son and daughter and you are anointed to do an appointed assignment for him that he has created you for. He has created you for. So as we close, I just want to say a blessing over you. Jesus, Bless your sons and daughters in this place today, God. I pray that we would take hold of your word and find ourselves in the secret place with you, not doing all the talking, but Lord, doing the listening, being a patient listener as you are willing to speak to us, God. You are willing and you are longing to deposit things in our life that we need. So, Father, right now, by your spirit, I say, God, that you would move upon the hearts of, this, of, the, of these people, God, that you would move and speak through your word, God, that you would speak through your spirit now, and that they would rise up and do what you've created them to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. So we receive, Lord, what you have for us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.